0: In the first chapters of Book 10 of his Confessions, St. Augustine is going to, for the very first time, lay his cards on the table. What is the point of engaging in all of these confessions to begin with? All these stories about his life, all these sort of inquiries into important topics having to do with everything from the divine and moral law to the human emotions and everything in between... Well, he tells us near the end of... Chapter four, therefore, to such as you command me to serve, human beings, that is, I will reveal not what I have been, but what I now am and what I still am, but neither do I judge myself in this manner. Then let me be heard. And that's sort of a summary. God, you're telling me that I should not just have this one-on-one with you, sort of narrating everything in the eyes and to the ears and before the mind of of God trying to figure myself out, but also to other human beings. And this is an important aspect of what he's doing. And at several points, he says, well, what is the benefit or the profit? And these are ways of translating in English a question quo fructu right with what fruit with what enjoyment with what goodness that we can derive from this fructus is also used at certain points in this and he's asking both about what is the profit for me what is the profit for myself in doing this and what is the profit for other people why should i write this down It's not as if God has sent an angel and said, write this down so people can hear this. He's not claiming to be a prophet or anything like that. Instead, he's doing some very interesting moral and theologically inspired philosophy. Now in chapter one, he gives us one of the reasons and he says, this tells us what benefit I'm getting from this. He says, behold, you have loved truth since he who does truth comes to the light. Now this is a a biblical verse and we'll look at that in just a moment. But what does he say immediately after that? This I wish to do in my heart before you in confession and in my writing before Many witnesses. So the two things, confession to you, God, confession of myself, but also to or in the face of other people, these are all connected with each other. Doing the truth, one comes to the light. This is a sort of promise that's being made. Coming to the light, coming to the good life, coming to happiness, coming to God, coming to that as a person who can actually be in a proper relation with God by doing truth. Not just saying the truth, but doing truth. This is going to be a very important idea, not just for Augustine, but for people that he influences later on. This notion that truth is not just something theoretical, but also something done in action. A little bit later, as I mentioned, he says that this is one of the, this is the prophet I may confess to you. I've already said what this is, but. There's also another theme that comes up as well, and it, it was already there in the passage that we began with. There's a contrast that Augustine is making between knowing or confessing what he was, qualis fuorim, what I was, right? And he says that these confessions are not about what I was, as if that's completely gone. That's completely over. Instead, they're about what I am and what I still am, he says at one point. And he brings this up several different times in these first four chapters. What's going on there? He's saying that although he has indeed changed his life and by accepting divine grace made a better person of himself in certain ways, he still does remain the person that he's remembering, the kid who stole the fruits, the one who dabbled with Manichaeism and astrology for a while, the person who put aside the mother of his son in order to think about getting married and all of that fell through. All these things that he brings up, and this is an important point as well, by confessing, he can, in fact, know what he is rather than just allowing it to remain the past. There's another thing that he says as well that I think is really important here. And this is in chapter two as well. He says that when I confess, I don't do this just with bodily words and sounds, but with words uttered by the soul and with outcry of thought of which your ear has knowledge. When I am evil, to confess to you is nothing else but to be displeased with myself. So to have the right affectivity, the right feelings towards one's own deficits, one's own misdeeds, one's failures and screw-ups, whether they're in the past or whether they're still continuing on in the present, that's feeling or thinking rightly about the good and the bad in himself. What about the good stuff? Do confessions allow him to sort of rest on his laurels, so to speak? He says, when I am upright of life, Nought else is it but to confess to you, but to attribute this in no wise to myself. Why? Why doesn't he want to take credit for the good things? Because he says, listen, the good stuff that I have is attributable to God. It doesn't mean that I didn't have any place in it. You know, if God gave me grace and I did something with it, that's awesome. But I didn't make my own grace. I didn't form the goodness within myself, entirely self-generated. He says, for you bless the just man, but first you justify him as one who has been ungodly. So my confession is made in silence before you, God, and yet not in silence. So his confession is not just in these interior words. It's also in his feelings, his affectivity. What benefit is it to write this down for others? Why not just sit in his house and think these thoughts and then leave it untalked about and don't write a book that will influence literature and theology and philosophy and history throughout the ages. What benefit is it to others? I mean there's a lot of things we can say, well it's you know a great book to read and to make other people read and we can have great book clubs and talk about it. Or I guess you would say that's really not the point. That's not what this is about. So he says first off, it can provide some hope to people, right? readers will not despair and say, I cannot, because they can look at Augustine. I often mention in my class that Augustine is a very relatable saint because he sinned so much (laughs) and it took him decades to actually get himself right with God. And I think that makes him, you know, a little bit more relatable than some of these saints where, you, you know, we say butter wouldn't melt in somebody's mouth. They're so awesomely good that you can't really say, oh yeah, I've been in a situation like that. No, Augustine says, listen, if I, the miserable thing that I am, can be made good, so can you. And so reading this, you know, you can look at it and say, oh, well, there's hope. So there's hope of what he calls God's mercy that it extends, right? The other thing that he says is people are curious about me. You know, he's kind of a a celebrity in ways, right? He uh, was an important person over time. And, you know, he says that, as to what I am now at this very time when I make this confession, many men wish to know about this, both those who have known me and others who have not known me. They've heard something from me or about me, but their ear is not placed to my heart where I am whatever I am. So they want to hear me confess what I am within myself where they can extend neither their eye, nor ear, nor mind. This they desire is men ready to believe. Otherwise, how could they know it? And so he's saying this isn't just curiosity. This isn't some prurient interest. This is wanting to know what's the deal with this guy. He clearly had a big change. What's going on? How did this happen? What's his thought process? Well, that's what the confessions are going to provide. The other thing that he says and this kind of echoes Augustine himself feeling the right sorts of things is that the what he calls brethren, his brothers and sisters can feel the right affects or feelings. In relation to Augustine, in relation to his story, what does this sort of thing mean? He says that, let it be that brotherly mind, which when it approves me, rejoices over me. When it disapproves of me, is saddened over me. So rejoicing and sadness, right? We see Augustine screwing up. We're like, oh that sucks, right? And we're not just like keeping him at a distance. We feel something about that. We might even feel that way about ourselves and looking at our own failures. When we see him doing well, we're like, oh, this is good. I'm happy to see that. He goes on and he says, for the reason that whether it approves or disapproves, it loves me. There's a relation of love that's possible through this literature. He says to such people, I will reveal myself. May they sigh for my good deeds. May they sigh over my bad deeds. And all my goods are things that you have established. They are your gifts. My evils are my own misdeeds and your judgments on me. May they sigh for the one and sigh over the other. Right? So, aspiring to the good things that he's able to do, lamenting over the bad things that he does. And so he says, such is the benefit. We go back to it, right? The the fructus from my confessions, not of what I have been, but what I am, that I may confess this not only before you, but also in the ears of believing sons of men, partakers of my joy, sharers in my mortality, my fellow citizens and pilgrims with me, those who go before me and those who follow me, those who are companions on my journey. And so he says, this is very helpful, perhaps, for my fellow Christians, or even those being drawn into Christianity, who can use this work to understand and to have the right emotional responses in relation to a compelling story. So that is what the confessions are about. This is the project, and we're getting it revealed to us here in the 10th book. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. Above all, Keep studying these great philosophical works.